picked up my four-year-old son, Henry, from preschool on Monday. He was playing with a friend at the far end of the playground. Normally, as soon as I arrive, he comes like running from wherever he is right over to me. He's so excited. But this time, he waved me over to him. (laughs) In his hand, he had a big, just oversized red magnifying glass which I assumed was some kind of make-believe investigative tool (laughs) that he's playing out with his friend. But when I got there, he said, Look, Daddy, monarchs. They had some plants. Sure enough, they're crawling up the stalk of a plant. I saw the black and white and green stripes of a monarch butterfly caterpillar. As a sixth-generation Californian, Henry has a bond to this native creature that I'm very proud of. (laughs) I love monarchs. You know, I grew up in uh, in the Monterey Peninsula, uh, Salinas, Monterey, Carmel, and Pacific Grove area. Pacific Grove is one of the wintering grounds of the western monarch. There's one tree that gets covered, just absolutely covered with monarchs. It's a gorgeous thing to see in a distinct part of my childhood and my identity. Uh, When I was at grad school, I finally got to go see the the monarchs that winter down in Mexico. I went down there and that was an incredible sight. More recently, monarchs have become the symbol of undocumented students, dreamers, who, like the butterfly, travel from Mexico into California and the broader United States and back again. Some of you might have seen that this symbol is spread around, and even our own Cafe Picasso has taken it up. Um, one of our, our last year's Cafe Picasso interns designed this T-shirt for the Ideas group, um, the, the group of students uh, that are that uh, rally around undocumented students um, and their rights. Um, but yeah, I love that. Isn't that a cool, <laughs> cool notion? Cool symbol drawn by one of our own. Um, In the last 20 years, monarch populations have been in stark decline. Entomologists uh, tell us that almost 90%—90% of the population has died off. Just last year, there was a 27% decline from the previous year. Here in California, there are only 200,000 monarchs recorded last year. Just a fraction of, even in the 90s, there were 1.2 million of these monarch butterflies. The primary reason for this decline is the destruction of milkweed. The plant Asclepias, sorry, I had to look at it again to remember exactly how it was. Asclepias, it's been uh, eradicated due to construction uh, of highways and strip malls and some farmlands and some residential areas. Monarch butterflies are dependent upon milkweed. They lay their legs on the plant and their young caterpillars feed on it. Milkweed contains toxins called cardiac glycosides which protect the caterpillars against predators by stopping the heart of animals that ingest them. Young monarch caterpillars 
feed on milkweed exclusively. They are entirely dependent on that plant. This week, Jesus reminds us that we are like monarchs. Love is our milkweed. We need it to survive. It is our unique sustenance, the object of our longing. In the words of John Lennon, all you need is milkweed? No. <laughs> Let's explore what the lectionary has to say about that. First, we have the reading from the Gospel of John, I am the true vine. It's worth noting that this is Jesus' final I am statement, final I am metaphor in John. You know these. We talk about these all the time, right? I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. All of these statements anchor Jesus in the divine identity of antiquity in the Hebrew Bible, and, and they expand our notions of the divine. God is not just an object of sacrifice. God sustains us, as the bread of life and the water of life statements suggest. This this one here, the true vine, another image of sustenance. And one of the great things about this passage is the comfort, the assurance that God will do the heavy lifting. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Watch out. This is not an Aladdin moment. <laughs> Jesus is not saying, I will grant your wish. This is not a genie in a magic lamp. Jesus is saying, you are not alone. I will help you if you ask for help. He is reminding us that we have all we need. All we need is love. In the gospel, Jesus uses the vine metaphor to describe our interconnectedness with the divine, the ground of all being. The message is, remain in me and I will remain in you. In the epistle, the Johannine community uses very similar wording to tell us who God is and what that means for how we live. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, as we sang. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Plain and simple, Right? Maybe not. Simple is not easy. Every day I get distracted. I get caught up in what I have to do, emails I have to send, meetings I have to attend, deadlines to meet. All you need is love. Sometimes I think I need money. I think I need success. I think I need a few more guitars, maybe a different surfboard, maybe a better bike, some new clothes. I think the church needs more money. The church needs to be bigger, that we should be making a bigger difference in the community. All you need is love. <laughs> maybe you do this too. Maybe you think, if only I had a better car, if only I had a better job or a better partner, if only... My partner, we're living in the same place as me. If only we had a better political system. If only we had a better president. All you need is love. 
hang on a second. That's fine for the Beatles, who were absurdly famous millionaires. <laughs> but I need a few other things. For starters, I need air, I need food, I need water, I need a bathroom, I need shelter, I need safety, security, fulfillment. I need to be part of something greater than me. Don't hear what I am not saying. I'm not saying you don't need to eat. You do. I'm not saying you don't need to breathe. And breathe with intentionality, mindfulness. What I am saying is that love is as essential to human life as breath. And just as there is plenty of air to breathe, we are surrounded by an eternity of love. I'm saying, don't give in to the fear that tells you you are not enough. Don't give in to the scarcity that says we cannot make a difference. Don't give in to the inversion of the divine I am by whimpering, who am I? First John says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. God is, God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. If you see people talking about dead branches and pointing at you, remember that you are a wild olive branch grafted into a rich, eternal tree, as Paul puts it in Romans. No matter who you are or who you have been, you are one with the source of everything. Everything. That connection breeds connection. Sometimes we use this phrase I stole from my mentor. First we were loved and now we love. I love that notion that we receive the love and pass it on. It speaks to that connection. The fact that we are connected. We are connected to the suffering of others and the suffering of others affects us. Sometimes it leaves us feeling helpless. We are not just consumers of love. We are producers. Love conduit for all you electricians out there. <laughs> this week, Stephanie gave me a book um, called A Path Appears by Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun. The book begins by telling the story of Rachel Beckwith a nine-year-old girl from Seattle. Rachel heard a story at her church about people around the world who were lacking drinking water. Her ninth birthday was coming up, and she decided that instead of presents, she wanted to donate to a group called Charity Colon Water, Charity Water, that drills wells in impoverished places. Her goal was practical and modest. She wanted to raise $300. Pretty reasonable. And on her birthday, her donations only reached 220 which is still pretty amazing for a nine-year-old, right? It's great. A few weeks later, Rachel and her family were in a serious car accident. 
Rachel was brought to the hospital unresponsive, and she remained unresponsive for days and fell into a coma. In solidarity with this brave little girl, friends and family began donating to her charity water site. Soon she broke the $47,000 record set by Justin Bieber on his birthday. Her family came to tell her that news, hoping it might rouse her. Sadly, it did not. Rachel passed away. With her passing, news of her philanthropic venture spread. It went viral on social media. She ended up raising $1,265,823. Enough money to provide drinking water for 37,000 adults. A nine-year-old girl had sustained 37,000 people. People she did not know. By reminding the world what matters, by returning people to our basic needs, by living into our fundamental interconnectedness, she died. But her aspiration lived on. It lived on in a different way, transformed, resurrected. Just as a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, a small act of love became something much bigger, much more beautiful, much more mobile, and it traveled the world. Like those monarchs that my son pointed out, we are sustained by and made for one specific thing. To live into that purpose, to be fueled by the eternal ground of our being, to do the work we want to do, all we need is love. Amen. Amen.